Blog Talk Radio. Again, our Raw pregame show, talking everything in the world of professional wrestling. And, of course, we want to hear from you. 347-838-9815 is the number to call to talk wrestling. Got lots to talk about. But first, we want to give you our Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there. Check that out. We always have a show chat going on uh, while the show is running. And later on, we'll have a Raw chat going on. So be sure to check out our Facebook Head on over there, like the Facebook page. We have all sorts of interesting poll questions and stuff going on there, like the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show is our handle over there on Twitter, so be sure to check us out there. And our website, thekenreedyshow.com, where you can listen to the show. You can check out archive shows. we got blogs over there, information, so be sure to go over there and check out the website. But we're here on a Monday evening talking everything in the world of professional wrestling. A little bit later on, we're going to have the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, uh, on the show, talking wrestling, talking his career, and he's got a very interesting project he's working on right now, a movie called Behind the Ropes. Much different look on the world of professional wrestling, and we'll let him get into that a little bit later on. Uh, But let's get into it right now, as always, as we're talking wrestling Got my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how are you doing this fine Monday evening? This fine Monday evening, Dave Rosenluth is doing very well. I am ready to dissect some professional wrestling talk. Yeah, we're hoping, we're, we're optimistic and we're keeping our fingers crossed because as, as I'm sitting here in, in the Ken Reedy Show studios and uh, Dave is out there in Connecticut and the, the studios are here in New York and as it turns out, there's uh, some guys outside working on the power lines. So fingers crossed they don't accidentally snip the wrong wire and the show goes kaputs, but we're going to give it our best shot tonight, hoping that uh, technology is our friend. It's amazing, Dave. I can't believe it, but this year has absolutely flown by, and it's actually time to uh, start looking at our year-end awards. I, I Honestly, I can't believe... It's it's already that time of year. Uh, it seems like just last week we were freezing our asses off at MetLife Stadium uh, watching WrestleMania 29, and uh, 
Here we are getting ready for the year-end awards. So um, this year we're going to do it a little bit differently because uh, we kind of want to have like some nominations. So there's going to be a, a couple of votes throughout the uh, next uh, month, month and a half or so to give all these awards out. First off, the first award we're going to give is the Indie Promotion of the Year. Now here, here's how it's going to work, okay? We're going to list categories first off. And every, everyone can vote for whoever, whatever they want in each category. We're going to take the top three vote-getters in each category, and those are going to be the nominations. And then we're going to have you vote on the winners in each category. So right now, this is to decide the nominations. We're going to take the top three vote-getters in this category. The first category we are promoting right now is the, is the best indie promotion, indie promotion of the year. And... You know, Dave, there are a lot of great ones out there uh, right now. You know, there's this PWS. There's, uh, you know, a little biased, but Wrestling on Fire. There's ECPW, um, you know, Dragon Gate, uh, HOH. Lots of great indie stuff going on. We, we actually got to go to a great indie show, um, WrestleMania weekend. So lots of uh, promotions to choose from. I'm kind of curious exactly where this vote's going to go, Dave. Yeah, it could go anywhere because we have listeners from all across the country that are wrestling fans that probably have attended an indie show in their area. So who knows? Maybe there's an indie group in you know Dallas, Texas that gets a vote on on, on the poll this year. Who knows? But um, I mean, I, I I go to Connecticut shows, and uh, I would say that um, you know one indie promotion that had um, closed down that had gained a strong following in the Connecticut area was CTWE, Connecticut Wrestling Entertainment. Um, I had never been to any of their shows um, due to my, my my boring regular job um, and my schedule conflicting that, but um, I heard nothing but great things about them, and they just shut down back in August. They had their last show, um, and uh, they, used to, they used to pack a, a house in a, in a Bethany, Connecticut town hall. I think it was like maybe like 400 people they used to pack in there. I'm not sure. But a um, friend of the show, first class, Vladimir Joseph, had worked for them. Um, they've even gotten some names like the Bella Twins, uh, Kevin Nash, Rhino, Homicide. So, um, you know, that, that's one group that, um, you know, for, for our Connecticut listeners out there, that will, I, I, would, I would be sure to bet if they decide to vote that that would go on the ballot, as well as Northeast Wrestling, um, which gets a lot of talent that have been on TV before, but also showcases young talent, too. Um, some names like Brian Anthony, uh, Ring of Honor's Matt Taven, uh, you know, and then, of course, they get guys from TNA that come on there. They've had Joseph Parks. They just had Matt Stryker, Roddy Piper, and Jake the Snake on. So, um, you know, those are the two that I'm familiar with. And, of course, we, we went to, you know, been a part of a couple of BWO shows in the past um, out in New Jersey. So, uh yeah, I mean, it's it's it could go any way, depends on how many votes um, that particular promotion gets and from what part of the country. Who knows? Yeah, and early early returns on the poll uh, right now. Body Slam Wrestling Organization is the first one to get a vote, the BWO. So uh, right now they're 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 leading. So uh, get on there, get on the Facebook again. It's Facebook.com/slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head over there. Like the page, vote for your favorite indie promotion. Again, the top three vote-getters will be the nominees for the final award. And again, like we said, on the Facebook page, we have a whole bunch of stuff that we, um, you know, we talk about on there. And interesting topic we posted 
uh, last week, and we posted, where do you rank Kurt Angle all time? And I, I find it very interesting because, you know, there, there are guys that, you know, like a Ric Flair. You know, generally you hear Ric Flair like in the one, two, three kind of, kind of area. Like most guys, you know, Hogan's up there. Uh, but consistently, you know, guys are, you know, a top five guy or a top ten guy. And, and a lot of the guys that have had like lengthy careers, there's some consistency amongst fans, at least in the area where they're going to be ranked. And it's very interesting when you talk about a guy like Kurt Angle you know, big fan of Kurt Angle for a long time. But when we posted it, the, the differences of opinion, the wide gap between where people are ranking them, you know, interesting. And I'll read just a couple of them. You know, Bob Scott put top five, maybe number one when it's all said and done. John Clifford says in the top 25 to 30. Marcus Kane says all time. 20 to 25 for sure, maybe even top 15. I think the issues with addictions may hurt him in some people's eyes, but he still brought a amount of credibility to the sport. An outstanding worker. Vinny Saletti Walker says top five. Charles Klenke says 18. Uh, we have Mike Ferrara who says 50. So, I mean, it, it's, it's really interesting how, you know, where exactly this guy ranks. And honestly, when I started thinking about it, I mean, I, I posted it. I, you know, I, we try and think of, like, interesting topics. Kurt Angle popped into my head. I was like, yeah, let's see what people are thinking with Kurt Angle. And, and when I started thinking it, I was, you know, he's a difficult guy to rank. And I, I think the interesting thing with him is it becomes how seriously you take TNA. And I think Kurt Angle's historical ranking is closely tied to how you view TNA. Uh, it's tough. I don't know. I'd have to really look at my list and and really figure out how I'd want to rank him, you know, second to none as far as, you know, his performance aspect, but, you know, career accomplishments and everything he's done. Tough guy to rank, Dave. Yeah. Um, I think it's tough because of two things. Number one, you know, I, I love watching Kurt Angle. He's great. Sometimes it's scary to watch him because he's, he's, he's a machine, and he kind of pushes himself to the limit a little too far with his injuries. But be that as it may, Angle's difficult for two reasons. Number one, he, he fired out of the shoot so quickly in the WWE, and he rose to such you know, superstar status in, such, in a short amount of time, and he stayed on top from his moment there, you know, start to – to begin, you know, to end. But he didn't, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there, he won the King of the Ring. He had been an Intercontinental Champion, European Champion, a Tag Team Champion, the WWF, WWE Champion. I think he was a World Champion at one time. Um, and not, uh, with the exception of his first reign with the championship, he didn't have a lot of long, lengthy runs with the other titles that I had, that I had mentioned. And the other thing, too, is he was only there for, roughly six years and six years is not a lot in the wrestling business usually after six years you're you're getting your feet wet and and you're you're really making a name for yourself at least you would hope um if you have you know the talent and the ability and of course if you have management behind you pushing you and then he went to tna and you know when he was the surprise in tna i was like oh wow this is somebody that they definitely need who's you know uh, a, a big name from from wwe and 
to bring credibility to that organization. And to a small extent, he did. But not everybody looks at TNA as something credible. People look at most wrestling fans, at least from what I gather, from what I see, from what I read, they don't see it as anything serious. They look at it as a joke. And they might take some of Kurt Angle's run in TNA as a joke along with their thoughts on the promotion itself. It's tough. I've liked some of the stuff he's done in TNA. I think he's done some tremendous stuff in TNA. But he's only one person. He can't carry the ship and the load by himself. Um, but I think in some ways, being you know the short amount of time he's been with WWE and the, the time he's spent with TNA, it kind of hinders him. I put him in top 15 on his ability alone and his drawing power. He's still got a name. And... You know, he can go back to the WWE tomorrow, and it would be a big deal. And he would have fresh matchups with all the top names. And he, he could work Undertaker. He could work Triple H again. He worked John Cena, Randy Orton. All, you name it, he can do it. But I think because on both sides, he's had a short amount of time with WWE and his run with TNA, and people don't look at it as something credible, I think that's hurt him a little bit. But in my opinion, top 15, his matches alone, I think he's one of the best workers of all time as far as in-ring goes. In-ring, I'd put him, in-ring ability and talent alone, I'd put him in the top five with guys like Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart. I'd put him in the top five as far as workers go. Um, but I, I think some things have hurt. I don't think his, his personal issues should affect his status as far as, you know, top you know top 15, top 20. One of our listeners said that. I think personal issues aside shouldn't affect that. Did he entertain you on the television screen? Yes. Did you like his matches? Yes or no? Whatever the case may be. I don't care what he did outside the ring. What, it's, it matters what he did in the ring and on TV. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, the outside-the-ring stuff doesn't uh... – you know, affect my viewpoints or not. It would be interesting to see if Kurt Angle actually comes back to the WWE at some point and has a, a limited run uh, in the WWE uh, for a year or two to end his career. That would be very interesting to see. And then, like, where his legacy uh, would be. You know, does he have another one or two uh, WrestleMania moments that kind of up his legacy? I, I, would, I would probably tend to agree with you that right now, I probably, uh, you know, I'd probably, probably make my top fifteen. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of his, uh, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, the next couple of years if he kind of creeps up there. I just find it like fascinating that you know when you post something like that and you're asking wrestling fans, what do you think? And we actually had a range from the best ever to number fifty. And I can't think of any other wrestler that you, you would ask where they rank all time that there'd be that big a gap uh, between rankings. I mean, they're generally at least in, in the vicinity. But, you know, I, I'd probably lean towards uh, top 15. Uh, maybe he, he skates into that top 10. But uh, definitely a very talented guy, and, and he gives you, you know, everything. And, you know, he's a guy that, as far as, the wrestling and like you said on, in the in ring, I mean, I, I don't know if that guy even knows how to have a bad match. I mean, you know, as soon as he walks uh, into that ring, that you're going to be entertained. So interesting stuff. You want to go over to Facebook and kind of put your two cents in as far as what Kurt Angle, uh, where he ranks all time. Head on over to our Facebook, Facebook.com again slash the Ken Reedy Show. 
Check that out. We got some votes coming in as far as the indie promotion of the year. Uh, again, we're going to take the top three vote getters. Our friend cameraman Carlos is taking an absentee ballot, I guess. <laughs> he doesn't have camera work for uh, different organizations, doesn't want to say which one he likes the best. But uh, BWO has got a vote, and HOH has got two votes right now. So that's going on. If, you, if you're a fan of indie wrestling, you have an indie promotion you like to go see, you want to see them win the award this year, make sure you get on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Get your votes in so we can decide our top three nominations for the indie promotion of the year. And right now we're going to go out to our phones. We're going to give, we're actually going to give the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, a call. We're going to get him on, and we're going to talk a little bit about his career and his upcoming movie. So let's dial him in, and hopefully he answers. Uh, technology. Hello. Andrew. Hello, who's this, Ken? It's Ken, how you doing? Ken, what's going on, buddy? How are you, pal? Doing all right. Ken and Dave here. We're, we're talking with the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson. And, uh, you know, let's get right into it. I mean, we, we discussed at the top of the show that you got a, a very interesting movie project uh, coming yes. up. Yeah, behind the ropes. Great. So let us know what it's all about. It's, uh, well, well, we all know the wrestling, you know, whenever people think of wrestling, they think of professional wrestling, by the way, they think of um, the, the lifestyle that we lead, they think of the sex, the drugs, the rock and roll like, lifestyle, we live like rock stars. Well, there's another side to the wrestling, you know, that a, a lighter side, a nicer side that has not been portrayed yet, and that is the brotherhood of professional wrestling. Everybody always talks about the drama, the, the, the who's backstabbing who, who dropped dead of a drug overdose? Okay, we all know that these bad things happen. We all know that, that, that basically, can I say, can I curse? Yeah, go ahead. We all know that shit happens, okay? And there's a lot of bad stuff and everything. And, and but, but the bottom line is this, we're family. And when I say family, I mean we're the greatest fraternity in the world. And Ken, you're part of that fraternity with me. You and I have been friends for quite some time. As a matter of fact, you and I put one over that we we, we, we did the greatest swerve since Wahoo and uh, and, uh and Greg Valentine, I broke Ken Reedy's leg. Did I break his leg? No, I didn't break his leg. But Ken Reedy, my brother, Ken Reedy and I, put one over on the fans to teach somebody a lesson. You know why? Because we're brothers. We're all brothers in this business. This is about a business where you can go out and have a drink with a guy that 15 minutes ago you beat the crap out of each other for, 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 for 45 minutes in the ring, and now you're out at a bar having a drink, and you get paid for it. And... Some of those guys that you know will be your friends for the rest of your life. It's called The Greatest Fraternity in the World, and the, the movie is called Behind the Ropes. It's a documentary about professional wrestling, and it's about friendship. It's about the friendships that I, Andrew Anderson, the reinforcer, have, has cultivated over the past 20 years of wrestling. What do you think it's, of that, Ken? How was that? It's you know it sounds like a great project and uh, you know I'm excited. It was cool to I'm actually I have a small piece in it like when we were doing the uh, the quote leg breaking thing. Um, I'm curious though when when you talk about like the other things and, and the bad stuff with pro wrestling, how important was was it? Were you motivated by the the bad stories to kind of put this movie out? Like how important? You know what was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't necessarily motivated. It's just that you know you get sick and tired of hearing about how many times the same story over and over again, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and the Iron Sheets, 
got busted on the New Jersey Turnpike with weed and coke. You, you, you ha- how many times are you going to hear that, that Vince McMahon hated and screwed over Bret Hart? And uh, how many times are you going to hear stories about everyone and their mother who passed away of a drug overdose? You know what I'm saying? And this guy has a problem, and this one has a problem. You know, the problem, the problem is that we're being portrayed in a bad light, and this movie will portray wrestling and wrestlers in general in a good light. And that's where they, they forget that wrestlers have families. We all have families, but in some cases, our families are the wrestlers themselves. We are our own support system. We are our own family group. We are like a, like a band of gypsies out every night. Sometimes we see each other more than we see our own families, especially, you know, years ago when, when it was territories. And now in some cases, some of these indie, indie fans, like East Coast Pro Wrestling, have their own territories. They have territories in Maine, in, 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 uh, in, in, in New Jersey, in Pennsylvania, in Delaware, in New York, in New Hampshire. I mean, we have all these territories now that we go, we see the same people over and over again, yet we see different people. And it's the same group traveling together. It's, it's you know, the whole East Coast pro wrestling on fire with Mario Savoldi and Gino Caruso, it, it all harkens back to that old territory days, the territorial days of wrestling, when wrestling was at its finest, I believe. Let, let's go back to that. I mean, go back to when you're saying wrestling was at its finest, and let's go back to the, the past in wrestling and how you got started in the business. Well, I got started in the business. I was, at, you know, obviously, you know, you know, Ole Anderson, the Anderson family. Um, um, that's my, my I'm, I'm I'm just a Polak like Ole Anderson, uh, Steve Rogowski, my, my real last name, was added on Facebook recently. Um, so actually I'm not, actually not an Anderson per se, but I'm actually Andrew Kolushik. And, and until all, this will all be in my book that is coming out approximately July. It's been delayed till July. It's called It's Really Not My Fault. And uh, it's written by Nick Casilla and myself, Andrew Anderson. Um, and uh, it tells, goes back to my early days when I was a kid and I was growing up. I kind of grew up in show business. My father worked for Atlantic Records. Um, my father's uh, third, my father's actually second cousin was Ole Anderson. He was in wrestling. We didn't see him much, but um, my uh, my my father worked for Atlantic Records, and uh, they were all, uh, always in in the studio with guys. My father's technician. He worked with Foreigner. He worked with Led Zeppelin. And I had strange people at my uh, my uh, my uh, childhood gatherings at my family, like uh, actor William Bendix, um, actor Forrest Tucker, um, guy, you know, with Sergeant O'Rourke and F Troop, and wow. you know, they were friends with my father. Mickey Rooney was at my christening, so I had all these. I grew up with acting in my blood, so to speak, but never wrestling. I never thought I'd be a wrestler. My, my, I went through college. My parents put me through college, and. Eventually, you know, the, the wrestling bug bit me when Jimmy Superfly Snooker came in and he was coming into a club that I was bouncing at on the weekends, which I was also an investment banker for Payne Weber at the time. And uh, I was bouncing on the weekends to meet girls. And as I was throwing somebody out, in comes walking Jimmy Snooker with his, uh, his, uh, his uh, <laughs> whatever you would call him, the metal maniac, um, his, you know, uh, manager, whatever maniac was doing at the time for him. And, Jeff Miller and uh, Jimmy Snooker looked at me when I threw this guy out, and Jimmy lifted up that, that was the original people's eyebrow. It was Jimmy Snooker. He lifted it up. Do you know Jimmy? And he looked at me, and in his own manner of speaking, his own way of talking, he looked at me and said, Brother, I want to talk to you. And me and him wound up talking, and then within two weeks, I was following him and Miller around, carrying 
uh, Jimmy's badge. In some some cases, the the metal metal maniac's badge because he was a lazy bum as you as you know him. He's a nice guy, but a lazy lazy bastard. And uh, you know, before you know it, a year later, I'm in the ring with with Jimmy Slicker, Tino Caruso, Mr. Italy, and uh, Kodiak Bear, Nikolai Volkov. They all took the time to train me and. You know, they they put me through the rigors of of training, and within six seven months, I was in the ring wrestling, and uh, and then from there it just snowballed, and you know, everything just worked out, and you know, it's life. Life took over, and I guess what came naturally was wrestling. I always, you know, other other kids growing up wanted to be a doctor, lawyer, engine chief. I wanted to grow up, and I wanted to be a I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be a superhero, but if I put on spandex and ran through the streets, I would have got arrested. So this is the easiest way to do it without getting arrested. How's that? How's that? Does that answer everything, Ken? That's good stuff. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like when you you know you're one of those guys that when you when you, you're on your Facebook, like your pictures, if you're a wrestling fan, make everyone jealous. And I like telling a story how you, you're talking with Jimmy Snuka and got in the ring with him. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. I'm curious your thoughts on on your career. You've had a very unique career. Uh, you've maintained uh, uh, quite a longevity on on the indie scene. What do you attribute to your success? My my, my I attribute to my success is I, I wrestle smart. Um, always made sure I got paid. Never burned bridges. Um, I was never when when I guess in in the early '90s when all the sheets started to come out and all the smart marks started to take over the business. It got really hard for some guys to get over, because I was very old school, everybody wanted a, somebody to be wrestling like a Colt Cabana or, uh, or an Amazing Red at that time, or, you know, guys like, like Loki Brandon, who's a phenomenal worker. I love him, but everybody had to be smaller and a high flyer, and you had to do strong style wrestling in order to get yourself over with the smart marks. And I wasn't over with the smart marks. And I figured, God, I'm not going to last long in this career because the, 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 the waters, the tides are changing, and it's, you know, the landscape is different from when I first started, and, I'm, and now it's like, what do I do? I'm two, at the time, I was 260, 70 pounds, you know, and I'm saying, you know, they don't like the old school look, and, and as time went by, I still stayed with the old school look, you know? I mean, I, I'm a cross between, you know, um, the people would say a cross between Dino Bravo and, and a young Don Morocco, you know? I mean, build-wise, and, you know, and you have all these guys all of a sudden getting jacked up, looking like 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 Greek gods, and it's a cookie cutter effect. After the small cruiserweights that the smart smart marks loved for years, all of a sudden now it's a cookie cutter effect where everybody looks like they're a Chippendale model thrown into uh through to uh, short 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 trunks. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's it just somehow I managed to wing it through it all. You know, I managed just to survive uh, wrestling smart, keeping the old school mentality. Um, you know, look, I'm 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 still I'm. The 290 pounds, I fly off the top of the cage. You see me do it up on, on YouTube, you know, I mean, I could do it all. I can. I just managed to, uh, you know, move with the times, you know what I'm saying? I'm sort of like the Rolling Stones, you know, when, they took, when disco took over, they did some disco, you know what I'm saying? So when people started to change, I started to change with it. And not necessarily 100% change. I still kept the old school mentality, but I managed to change it. And I managed to always go out there and get paid. I think one of the worst things about professional wrestling is these days is that there's a lot of wrestlers out there in federations that they know they don't draw flies and, and they don't put asses in the seats. So they have a lot of wrestlers, local guys, that come to the show that just want to work and they work for free and it kills guys like myself and journeyman wrestlers who've been around forever, you know, have busted our asses in the business and get paid for a living in wrestling. 
and guys, the legends like uh, like like the Bruce Beefcakes, the Greg Valentines, the Jimmy Snookers, and the names who are rapidly becoming legends, like like Boogeyman, like uh, Val Venus and uh, and Godfather and guys like that who are who are still relevant to the business and very you know no longer working for Vince but trying to make a name for themselves and get a payday and they're not receiving these paydays because. Half the crowd is local guys that work for free, and I think working for free and the fact that pro wrestling has become decommissioned and a lot of say, athletic commissions no longer require everyone to get paid in the locker room or everyone to have their blood pressure taken, everyone to be checked out, and everyone to literally be there as a wrestler, as an athlete, I think it's pathetic, and I think it, it kills a lot of what we're trying to do out there, you know? I mean, it's, it's like every mom and pop can run a backyard organization. I've wrestled and I've seen... A lot of pro wrestling organizations to call themselves feds that run in two or three towns, and they look like backyarders. You know, I just saw something on, on Facebook a few weeks ago. Some federation ran a, a show without a ring, and they had Nikolai Volkov against Bobby Fulton in the main event. And they were wrestling on a, on a probably a 10-by-10 mat, and it looked god-awful in the front of 35 fans. It was just terrible. And you know, the, the, the rest of the undercard did not get paid because they're a local talent, and the, the ring crew never showed up. They didn't have a ring. So what, what, what does that say for the business today? I mean, you know, you talk about the State of the Union. This is my State of the Union address. You know, the indie, indie circuit is not what it used to be in some, in some cases, you know? Andrew, with all your experience in the wrestling business and everything that you have told us and our listeners, if you had a magic wand, so to speak, and there's one thing about the wrestling business today, overall, from what you see on TV, the indies, everything in between, if there's one thing you could change about the wrestling business, off the top of your head, what would it be? Easily, easily, right off the top of my head, competition. Vince McMahon needs competition. Vince McMahon eliminated the competition, so now he's not the monopoly. He has monopolized the business that the indies are the way they are. Vince McMahon, in, in, as, you know, you have guys, everybody has said it. Vince owns it all. He has it everything. Who would have ever thought that the Von Erichs or the, or, or, or the Grahams would have sold their libraries to Vince? But everything comes down to money. He wants to control everything. He wants it all. Now he's trying to get into politics. It's just the way it is, you know. He has his monopoly has caused wrestling to be. It's, he's he's become basically God, and he's created wrestling in his image, what he wants it to be. And it's it's a scary thought, you know. And that leaves a lot of other people out there, like myself, who are you know out in the cold. I mean, you just can't. Um, it's just the way it is, and it's it's a sad thing. And I wish I could change that, but you know, like there is no magic wand, and uh, you know that's the way it is. Um, getting getting into like you know it, it's it's been great you know I've really enjoyed uh, getting to work with you and uh, you know it, I guess it's like everything with wrestling you, I think everyone kind of starts off as a fan and then the bigger fan you become you you wind up kind of getting into the business and uh, it's been great I'm kind of curious your thoughts right now uh, definitely uh, it, it's on uh, some shaky ground right now but your thoughts on Working with On Fire, the ECPW, On Fire, Murder. I love it. I love it. You know what? I, th I think, in a way, that's competition. That's good competition because now we're working together. I think Mario Savoldi is a, he, you know, he comes from a legendary wrestling family. God rest his, uh, his dad, Sol Angelo, who passed away uh, a few months ago. And, you know, but Mario is a, definitely a, a, a highly, highly, I'll be honest with you, a highly intelligent human being. He's very intelligent. He knows the ins and outs of the business, and 
you know, getting behind the camera with Mario and, you know, um, having Mario direct things is just tremendous. And getting his point of view with Gino Caruso's point of view and putting it all together, it's just, it really comes together. And it's really, really an awesome thing just working with other people. Um, and seeing other people, two promoters, two different guys work together who have, they really have the same view, but they, they're, they're opinionated. And the fact that these two guys have come together and really put together a pretty good product now, and I think we're really, we got to just maintain it. You know, we got to maintain it. The level of competition is out there, and we just got to keep things rolling. And, you know, with Ken Reedy in my corner, Andrew Anderson, we don't know what kind of possibilities lay ahead of us, but I don't think it's anything we can't overcome. It's so. exciting to, to be able to do something and, and, you know, maybe change the business at least a little bit and, uh, you know, be entertaining. And, and it, it's, it's been a lot of fun being a part of it. Uh, before I let you go, I just I would love for you to give us a, a little bit of a, a timetable. Like, when, when can we look forward to the movie? When's it well, going right now to we're, still, we're still filming the movie. The, film, the movie is being filmed as we speak. Uh, actually, as we speak, they're editing portions for the Kickstarter program, which you can go to BehindTheRopes.com. And it'll give you updates on everything that's going on, everything that's been done with the, with the filming. <clears throat> we started last April at WrestleCon, and uh, from WrestleCon we went to uh, Children's Theater in April, and that was just the beginning. That's where the one trailer that everyone's been seeing. So it's been more, that's the one trailer that's out there is seven minutes of convention stuff. That was just there as a teaser. Now we have the other stuff that's out there. I mean, you have me, my, you have myself, Bruce the Barber, Beefcake. Um, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Tito Santana, uh, who are the focal points of the business. It's our relationship, the four of us together. My relationship with Beaver, um, the two of us together have been known as Toxic Twins. My relationship with Greg, who people say to you is I should have been a Valentine and not an Anderson because it's like he's my father. You know, it's like you have Johnny Valentine and Greg, and now you have Greg and Drew, you know. So it's like they're saying he should be my father. She's sort of my father figure in it as well as Kevin Sullivan, the taskmaster himself, who's in it also. And um, Kevin's like a dad to me, too, and he's brought me on numerous tours to Africa, to Asia, and to islands out in the southwest, South Pacific, uh, the South Pacific. And um, so Kevin is in it, too, um, and uh, as well. But in, uh, Tito Santana also as sort of like my, uh, what would you call Tito? Tito would be called my, my anchor to reality. He's always been the guy saying, listen, Drew, you know, relax, relax with the broads, relax with the, the the drink, relax with this. You know, you have, you know, other things in life are more important. You know what I'm saying? He's always, you know, kept everybody in check. Tito's always been that guy. I think, um, you know, it's, it's just, and, and, and then there's my agent, Michael James, who is just phenomenal, and Alicia Quebec. They own the It Factor Productions, which are producing it. They, are, they have done a tremendous job in, corralling everybody and, and, and putting it all together and making everything work. And, um, you know, uh, they, 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 they've got me in numerous, uh, they've cast me in numerous roles for, uh, for various movies coming up and a lot of good stuff out there. And it's just, uh, the movie itself is going to be tremendous. I mean, I just can't, can't, I, I know it's my, it's my, it's my piece. It's my piece to shine. It's my moment to shine. It's my moment to get the point of wrestling across. So I, I of course I'm going to, fluff it, but even just seeing the stuff that we have accomplished on tape, um, it's, it's, it's unimaginably different from anything that's been out there before, you know, it's definitely the greatest fraternity in the world, not the sanest, but the greatest, <laughs> so, 
you know, and there's one, and one so point, lucky. I'll just give you a little bit of a teaser, Ken. At one okay. point, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a hint of one scene okay. where we were wrestling in, in upstate New York, and I just got done wrestling Samu, um, Petrinka Samu, and Samu and I, we know each other for 22 years. We, we've only wrestled once in 22 years, and that was that day. And so, out of a 22-year friendship, we wrestled that day. We, we wrestled. Both of us go out upstairs. He already has something in his hand, a red drink. I look at him, what are you drinking? He said, vodka cranberry. I run out. I go in and get a... No, he has a cranberry. I run out, come back with two vodka cranberries, one in each hand. Down them both because I didn't have anything to drink. I thought I was drinking cranberry. So I down two vodka cranberries. I down two more. I'm not tasting the vodka in them because I'm, I'm blown up from wrestling. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm half in the bag. Cameraman is chasing me, trying to get me for an interview. Matt Adams, our, our, our videographer, and I turn around and blast him with a fire extinguisher. So that's just some of the stuff that's going on in the movie, the practical jokes. The ribs are just, the insanity is there. I mean, I have I, made a career out of, out of uh, being uh, a character outside of the ring as much as I am inside of the ring, and I guess a lot of it is, is exposed, so to speak. <laughs> So, but it's really cool. It's really cool, and, and I, I want to thank you, Ken, for uh, for taking the time and, and having me on your show. And I want to I want to be able to come on and give you periodic updates on where we're at with behind the ropes. Oh, definitely. We definitely would love to have you back on. Uh, give us some some more info on the scenes, and then obviously when we get close to the release, uh, we'd love to follow it. It sounds great, and you know, it, it's something that's really intriguing to me because you're right. Even when you look at some of the documentaries. It always seems like they really want to hit the the seedy underbelly of professional wrestling, and you know, right now being in the business, I mean, you know, most of my experiences have been positive, and you don't see uh, the bad stuff that you know all the documentaries and reports uh, want you to to think. So uh, I'm I'm really excited for this film. Oh, um, you're gonna look, you are gonna love this. Anybody who is a wrestling fan is gonna love it. You have everyone on this, from superstar Billy Graham, Jake the Snake Roberts, the Warlord. You have um, everyone from ECW guys like Amish Roadkill, Shane Douglas, uh, Outlaw Ron Bass has a cameo on it, um, Kevin Nash, Jake the Snake Roberts, the list goes on and on. I mean, superstar Billy Graham did a tremendous interview at WrestleCon with me. And uh, where we talked about our friendship and, and how, you know, he got started and how I got started and how he was one of the main influences in my career. And, you know, and it's, it's, and, and it's not only the wrestlers that we, we deal with. It's a fraternity. And you're the broadcast journalist. We have Bill After on it also. Bill After is a focal point of it. And he's one of the narrators on it as well as myself. And, and my, my relationship with Bill, my relationship with guys from the ring crew to the wrestlers themselves, whether they're the legends or they're, they're, they're relevant today. And it's just, it's just a really, 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 it, it's just a really, really good piece on relationships in the business and how, how friendships last. And a lot of the guys can, and, and, and I'm hoping this happens between you and I also, a lot of the guys that I have met in the business 20 years ago are still some of my best friends today. You know, and, and, and that's one thing that has been important to me. You know, when I, when I got married, when I got married, my, all my, my entire wedding party was wrestlers except for one person. You know, when I got married. <laughs> and then again, when I got divorced. <laughs> I haven't been witnesses that much divorce for all wrestlers. Yep, she was a bitch. <laughs> but that was, uh, 
But it was, it's always it's the way it's been, man. It's, it's the way it's been. My daughter's christening. My daughter's communion. It was all wrestlers that were there. Crowbar, Chris Ford. Um, you know, he was at he was at my daughter's christening. He's been at my daughter's communion. He's been at my daughter's uh, every everything with my kids. I mean, we're a family. It's a family unit. All these guys have been my friends for years, and it's just a way. You know, it's it's a way of life, and we're like a band of gypsies that are out out to war every weekend, and then go out drinking and celebrating. You know. Um, it's just picture Vikings. Vikings getting ready to go out to battle. They go out and they go, they go do their uh, their big fight, and then they come back and they go to the to the the, the hall and they 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 down some mead. Well, that's what we do. We beat the crap out of each other and then go out and drink and have a good time, you know. And it's just what it's all about, you know. It's about friendship and family, and and that's what it, you know the ups and downs and different types of people in the business. Can't wait! Can't wait to see it when it comes out. Before I let you go, uh, you know we're we're going to be hanging a bit this weekend. We got a couple shows. Where can people yep. uh, come and see the reinforcer Andrew Anderson wrestle uh, if they want to come and check you out? Friday night, I will be at East Coast Professional Wrestling at the Paramus, New Jersey Elks Lodge. Small building, small crowd, live crowd, really good crowd, and uh, it's right behind on Route 17 North behind Raymore Flanagan. On uh, in Paramus, New Jersey, and bell time is at seven o'clock. Get there, get your tickets because the place packs really quick. Um, the other one is on Saturday, uh, the twenty-third of November. The next day um, is at Lake Hiawatha at the old East Coast Pro Wrestling School, which is now the East Coast Pro Wrestling Arena, where we just filmed uh, a nice segment of Behind the Ropes, um, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a match. I'm, I'm pretty thrilled to see who I'm in the ring against. I heard I'm having a, um, a special challenge match by uh, two people. So I think, I, I don't know if I have two matches or a handicap match, but there's, a, there's something going on. I'm, I'm interesting to see who's going to try to take on the reinforcer. But uh, I can tell you this, one thing, whoever's getting in the ring with me, they're getting their ass kicked. So... Sounds good. Andrew, thanks a lot for spending some time with us. And, uh, Ken, again, you're awesome. You're, 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 you're a great guy. You're, you're a great journalist. And um, you're a great announcer. And the best thing about it is I got you in my corner. You're on my side. And we're on the on-fire team, baby. Amen, brother. That's right, brother. All right? And we're going to go teach them a lesson Friday and Saturday. We're going to kick some ass. You're on the Ken Reedy Show. You're listening to Ken Reedy. This is Andrew the Reinforcer Anderson, and if you don't like it, if you don't like him, we don't care because I'll come to your house and I'll punch your mama in the mouth. That's awesome. Thanks a lot for spending some time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye. Take care. Thanks a lot. And there you have it, Andrew Anderson. Lots of good stuff. Uh, Dave, you know, I mean, we're running a little late, but uh, I'm really excited about the prospect of this movie. I mean, so many things. And I've liked, don't get me wrong, I've liked other wrestling documentaries, but it really, you know, they do really put that spotlight on the, the bad stuff in the business. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing it, just this spotlight and, and really highlighting the fraternity and brotherhood of, of pro wrestlers. Yeah, you're right. You do see a lot of that in, in wrestling documentary and news pieces where it's, you know, a lot of the negatives and the, the downfalls of, of some of these guys in the business. But um, I'm glad somebody's going with a different approach. And usually when you sometimes go with a different approach, um, depending on the uh, the content of of your approach, it seems to get noticed. So hopefully, you know, uh, Andrew and, uh, you know, other guys that are being filmed in this documentary get noticed by showing a positive side of the business. 
Amen. So, again, like I said, we were running late. Thank you, those of you who are holding on. We're going to get to your calls after this. But right now, uh, better late than never. But it's time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Take it away, Dave. That's right. He said better late than never. Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show every Monday night at the top of the hour or 15 minutes after, whatever you will. Our top story, first story this week, Kmart officially announced today John Cena's Never Give Up Boys Clothing Line via a press release. The gear runs from $7.99 to $29.99 and available at all Kmart stores through the rest of 2013. There is talk of releasing a spring collection in the year 2014. TNA star and one half of the tag team champions broke from the bro bands, Jesse Goddard's, will be reuniting with former on-screen love and former TNA knockout Tara for a proposed daytime soap opera titled Tainted Dreams. Goddard's plays Dylan, a handyman, while Tara plays a parole officer named Carla Santiago. The WWE released a statement today announcing the end of WWE Classics On Demand. At the beginning of the month of February in 2014, the video-on-demand service will no longer be available to subscribers of various cable networks. Some say that this news might signal the eventual launch of the highly talked-about WWE Network. However, WWE officials stated there is no launch date for that network. Figure 4 Wrestling Online reports that reportedly, WWE had discussions with officials from Wembley Stadium in London, England this week in regards to the 2014 SummerSlam pay-per-view taking place in that venue. It was in 1992 where SummerSlam took place from Wembley Stadium. However, it seems the idea has been mixed. The feeling within the company is that the pay-per-view buy rates would take a hard hit in the United States as a result since the show would have to have a 3 p.m. start time due to the time zone difference. And our fifth and final story this week, speaking of a guy who we spoke of at the top of the show, Kurt Angle, Magnus, and X-Division champion Chris Sabin will be featured in an upcoming episode of TLC's Extreme Cheapskates. For more information, check your local listings for time and air date. And, folks, Anderson spoke about it earlier. Now you get the chance to check it out live. Wrestling on fire. The man on the marquee here, Ken Reedy, along with Ray Ray Mars. Call all the action for Wrestling on Fire. Head over to WrestlingOnFire.com. There's nothing else I can say about this show other than it's pretty weird, but it's still entertaining. The Gun Show, Season 9, YouTube slash Gun Show Web TV, and my favorite place to go when I have time, Ken's Cards and Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Berlin, Connecticut, the best in Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, and professional wrestling memorabilia from his wrestling room. He buys, sells, and trades anything, toys, cards, 8x10s, DVDs, anything. He's got it. Check him out. Facebook.com slash Ken's Cards and Collectibles. And there you have it. That was the Better Late Than Never Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show every Monday night. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for the news report. Yeah, it was you know, it's good though. Like, you know, I like having those nice long interviews. Andrew definitely had a lot of uh, great stuff. Again, guys, be sure to go and check out Facebook.com/slash/TheKenReedyShow. We got 
The voting is, is taking off right now. And you know what? If you have a favorite indie promotion, we want to hear from you. The votes are still up in the air. The top three will get nominated and then vote on before our last show of the year. Right now, we got the BWO has got one vote. HOH has got two votes. And GSW has got one vote right now. So get on there. You got a favorite indie promotion. This is for our year-end awards. You want your indie promotion nominated for the indie promotion of the year? Get on the Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Be sure to get your votes in. That is up right now. And we're going to go out to the phones. We got Tony on the line who has been extremely patient. Let's bring him up right now. Tony, how are you doing tonight? All right. How are you guys? Doing all right. Thanks for hanging on. Uh, lots of good stuff on the show. We got, you know, we haven't even gotten into it. Raw goes country tonight. Survivor Series next weekend. What do you got for us? What do you want to talk about? Survivor Series? What's that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean... Come on, it's one um, of the big four! WWE sure isn't treating it that way. I mean, this is the final Raw before a... before the... before pay-per-view and the good doing this country theme. Oh, my... I, I don't know. I'm... <laughs> I'm really expecting uh, a lot of direct tap on this one. Especially since uh, Triple H and Stephanie Warren and last week's are probably going to kick off the show with 20 minutes of... of They're going to start not, off with 20 minutes of line promos. dancing. It's going to be 20 minutes of Triple H and Stephanie line dancing in honor of, of Country Music Night. I agree with you, Tony. I, I think that we're going into Survivor Series and it being one of the not only one of the big four but the second longest running pay-per-view next to WrestleMania. Um, unimpressed so far with the setup. And I got to say, you know, coming out of, and we do, we try and stay positive, and, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts in a second, Tony, on. But, man, for the second to last SmackDown before the big pay-per-view, oh, my God, was that a horrible show. And, you know, again, we try to stay positive here, but let's call a spade a spade. I, that was a terrible show, but th- you had two Divas matches, an arm wrestling match. We had an Unico and Camacho sighting, and, and for the love of God, Darren Young singing We Are the World. I, I, just, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, that was a pretty, shocked. Was a Thank God I watched it on DVR, and I did fast forward through a bunch, but I, I did not think the WWE distinguished themselves at all coming out of SmackDown. And you're right. To have a, a country-themed show, the, the Raw before a big pay-per-view, I, 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 it's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm not optimistic. And I don't think anybody is. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is, uh, you know, I mean, especially when they could have, you know, like, you know, yeah, SmackDown, did, it was just like, like terrible. That whole thing with our truth and the primetime players backstage, that that was just like, what's the point of that? And then you have, you know, what they definitely could have set up a match, a traditional Survivor Series match, that, you know, because at the end of last week's show, you had the Wyatt family, you had the Shield out there, you had, and then you had, you know, it was Punk and Daniel Bryan or whatever, and then you had the Rhodes brothers and the Usos come in, and I figured, okay, we're going to have, this, this, this is going to be a Survivor Series match. Nope, we're not even getting that. 
it's like it's like Vince is saying like, yeah, you, yeah, it's like yeah, you old time, you old time fans who like to see like who remember this stuff, you know, it's like you want to see this stuff. Well, guess what? You're not getting it. You're right. It's like, you're, you're totally right. They, they just totally pulled the rug out from under us. They did, and it's like they do that all. They do that almost all the time, and it's just like it. Oh man. You know, because a lot of times I sit over at the, you know, over the, you know, the keyboard here, and it's just like, you know, the stuff that goes on at the show, and it's like, I'm, I, I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's, just, you know, it's tough. Those... I mean, honestly, and, and I'm I'm being, you know, we're fans here, and, and Dave and I are fans, and Tony, you're a fan, and we do this, we, we do this because, you know, we, we became such fans that, you know, we, it, it's crossed over into other areas of our life. I got to be honest. After SmackDown, there's a really good possibility, if I was not doing this show, that I would stop watching SmackDown for a little bit. That's how annoyed I was at the end. And I hear you, man. Like, when you're, when you're doing it, like, you're blogging about it, and it's like, I have to sit through this. I have to sit through this and watch this because I, I'm going to, you know, I have to put my opinion out there, and it's... It just sometimes gets frustrating as a fan. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll shock us tonight and we'll wind up getting, like, an unbelievable kick-ass Raw. But, uh, yeah, Raw goes country. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I know Mickey James is at the Performance Center. I mean, is she going to show up and sing Hardcore Country or whatever? I mean, jeez. We can only hope. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. I think some some – country band I never heard of is going to be performing. It's like, oh, my God, what a waste that's going to be. It's going to lead to some direct segment or whatever. I don't know. Three yeah, we're going to have like a – like, Maybe we'll have 3MB in another uh, incarnation. You know, they're 3MB, then they're in England, so they're the Union Jacks. I mean, maybe they'll come down as a, as a country band tonight. I can see that. I can see that happening, yeah, and then getting laid out by – Whoever, you know, if they're whatever the country band is, I gotta hope it's not the friggin' Matadoris and Santino with the bull cobra again. <laughs> that was freaking awful. Yeah, I mean, is there, I'm curious, Tony. I mean, again, it being the, the, one of the big ones, quote unquote, um, is, is there anything going into Survivor Series you're really looking forward to? Not particularly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like they've done such a crappy job building it. It's like we got a whop, we got a whop on three matches here, and it's like they're probably going to throw like four or five matches together here and on SmackDown, and then at the pay per view they're going to throw two or three more on there. It's like that seems to be the that seems to be the pay per view theme uh, lately. You know, it's like that has a few matches, then throw them, throw five on at the last minute, and then once the pay per view starts, it's like okay, yeah, we'll give you a couple of crappy bonus matches. So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, Punk and Brian versus uh, Harper and Rowan, you know, could be, should be good, but you know, I'm, I'm still, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm really, you know, I'm really hoping that they switch it to a 12 man after that brawl that happened at the end of last week. I'm really hoping that, you know, someone, someone there realizes, Hey, you know what, we should, we should give, you know, like, we should give the fans this match since they hinted at it at the end of last week. Well, no, I, I don't know if you've heard, Tony, but they did announce that there's going to be a traditional Survivor Series elimination tag match, but it is not involving uh, CM Punk and the Wyatt family. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Goldust, and the Usos with a mystery partner uh, against The Shield and the Real Americans. Oh, that was going to be. No, I haven't seen that so yeah, so that that's been added. So there's there's four matches right now, but it's interesting, Tony. I mean, you're you're a fan, you're a big fan, and yet 
when when I ask you, is there a match you're looking forward to? I mean, now granted, there's only four, but you're you're hard pressed to say, well, at least I'm looking forward. This is going to be a good match, and that's uh, you know, that's really telling. I mean, usually, even if it's a, a bad setup, usually for you and other fans, there's something that you can latch onto and say, well, I'm really looking forward to this. I think the the traditional Survivor Series match should be a good match. I can't say that. I'm ready to, you know, I'm so excited about this match. It should be entertaining. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully they blow it out of the park tonight. But uh, right now, not the best setup as far as uh, going into Survivor Series. You guys out there, if you don't know already, Tony here, he is the best blogger in the business. And he blogs each and every week on our website, Raw, SmackDown, and Impact, uh, giving us our thoughts and opinions. So be sure to check that out. Tony, thanks a lot for the call. As always, our schedule, we do a pregame for every pay-per-view. So this Sunday, we'll be back on Sunday night as well as Monday. So hope to hear from you Sunday. Tony, thanks for giving us a buzz. No problem. Yeah, I'll definitely call in on Sunday. Hopefully we'll be uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic when we're talking about the pay-per-view on Sunday. <laughs> Take it easy, <laughs> man. All right, thanks. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the wit, the wisdom, the wacky mind. Mike is on the line. How you doing, Mike? Freak, freak out, freak out. It's the Michael Van. Oh, yeah, and I'm right here to tell you all about I got some mind, I got some wisdom, and oh, yeah. I had my Macho Man birthday weekend celebration, and I love this. I tell you, I miss the Macho Man. He was the best. There ain't nobody better than the Macho Man. What do you guys think about? What do you guys think about the Macho Man, Randy Savage? Well, definitely. I'm curious. Before I get into that, Mike, I'm kind of curious. What did your Macho celebration consist of? Well, I watched the Macho Man, Randy Savage DVD. I wore the Macho Man in the shirt. I went around talking like, ooh, yeah, the macho man Randy Savage freaked out. I hung out with a girl that looked just like Elizabeth Lee, yeah. <laughs> so that was my, that was my, and I also did the macho man trivia, which everybody thought I was a little crazy, but I was right in the trivia question. I, I was on the button. You know, when it comes to wrestling, I know my stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, Dave, or, you know, we'll get into it. I mean, Macho Man, definitely uh, one of the greatest ever. Uh, when you start to talk in-ring, uh, you, the list gets a little bit shorter as far as how many people could hang with uh, Macho Man. Uh, great character. He was great as a face and as a heel. Um, you know, didn't always make total sense, but his promos were always entertaining. Uh you know, one of those guys that had that great combination of incredible athleticism as well as uh, really knew how to entertain people. Uh, a very unique guy. I've always looked at Macho Man as when people talk boxing and when they talk about, you know, the, the great era of heavyweights. And when you look at like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and, you know, Joe Frazier, if he existed in any other era, uh, would have been, you know, clearly the best in the world. But it just so happened, you know, him and Ali were in the same era. And so Ali was the guy and Frazier was underneath him. Uh, I've always kind of looked at, like, Macho Man similar, that 
if he wasn't if, if he came around in a different era, not in the midst of Hulkamania, uh, it would have been insane what Macho Man could have done. It just so happened. Uh, his era was in the midst of Hulkamania, and so he kind of took a back seat. But it was amazing what he did uh, in the midst of Hulkamania. So uh, tremendous talent. There'll never be another. Uh, was always a big fan uh, and very sad that he's he's left us. But, Dave, I'm curious your thoughts on Macho Man. Well, first of all, he's, he's in my top three as far as my top three favorites of all time. You know, him and Hogan are in, the, in there, you know, the one and two respectively. I loved him when he was a kid. He was, you know, as a kid, he was so colorful and flashy, and he was just an oddball character, but he was way ahead of his time, in my opinion, and he's he transcended, you know, outside of the wrestling business. I mean, he survived outside of the wrestling business with all the Slim Jim commercials and the things that he had did that he did in wrestling got him out there in the mainstream world. Um, with the with the television commercial, like I said, he had an endorsement deal with Slim Jim years after you know he stopped wrestling, um, just because of the stuff he was doing in wrestling. And he's one of those guys on that very short count on one hand list of guys that if you went up to a person who was not a wrestling fan that grew up, I'd say probably in the eighties or you know eighties, late eighties, early nineties, and you told him. Who is Macho Man Randy Savage? They would say he's a professional wrestler. He's that guy on wrestling on the TV. It's, he's he's a, he's got that name recognition and value, and he obviously hasn't gotten his just due. Like most fans want to see him in the Hall of Fame in the in the WWE Hall of Fame, and I think that day will eventually come. I'm hoping it's you know coming up in New Orleans, but to me. One of my top three of all time. One of my favorites. I loved him. It's sad that he's gone. I wish that he could be out, you know, around so that he can enjoy some of the success of his of his career. But there's so many great things about Randy Savage. I mean, he celebrated a birthday last week. Obviously, Mike Ferrara dedicated his whole life and uh, called out sick that day at work just to celebrate his birthday. So no, I, I, didn't, I didn't call out sick. I mean, you know, I didn't call out sick, but it was close. To 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 it though I didn't I, you know I have a a job and we all have a life but I didn't call out sick but you know I mean okay, if it was sorry. Magic's birthday maybe I would call out sick because everybody <laughs> knows how much I love Magic and the legend but uh you know or maybe Hulkamania but you know but Macho Man it's he's close look at that Dave yeah so anyhow one of my favorites you know bottom line. Simply one of the best ever, and you know you could throw him in. You, you could throw him in there with names like Hogan and and Flair, and you know all the greats. He's up there, bottom line. And uh, before uh, Ken, you said something about Macho didn't make sense. What's that mean? Oh, some of, some of his promos. I mean, he just you know ranted and raved. I mean, I look back on that, uh, and it's one of my favorites. He was always entertaining, but you know the promo that he did with. Uh, Sensational Sherry and, and Zeus, uh, oh, incredibly yeah. entertaining, but just completely out of their minds, you know. And, well, yeah, and, uh, well, they were talking about, right, they were talking about, I don't know, the cauldron, and they were talking about doing silly stuff. I under, I understand. It's almost sometimes like Rowdy Rowdy Piper, when he gives, uh, when he used to give the, when he used to give interviews, and uh, like the time when he was talking about, you know, what happened with Hulk Hogan with the, with the Undertaker, when, when he called Ric Flair cousin Ed, and he, he said, "I hear the bells are ringing, ringing, ringing." And he told, um, he told Ric Flair. That's what he told Ric Flair. 
So I kind of think that and a lot of these guys, when they did their promos, some of them were just out there like Ultimate Warrior was just out there. But my two top favorite matches with Macho was definitely Macho versus Ultimate Warrior for the retirement match and when he, when he took on Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania Five, That's actually that's one of my all-time favorites because I hated Macho Man so bad because he turned against Hulk Hogan. And... And it was just the, and it was just, you know, that 89 year was one of my favorite years in wrestling. Which is my favorite. had so many moments. Right, 89 is my favorite Survivor Series. That'd be my favorite. That's your favorite? What was the main event for 89? What happened? The main event was the, yeah. was the, main, the, the, main, the main event on that was the Heenan family versus. Uh, I think they were called the Ultimate Warriors or the Warriors or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Andre the Giant got eliminated in two seconds. And uh, Bobby Heenan uh, was having problems with uh, Tully Blanchard. So he uh, Heenan had a sub in that. But uh, that was also uh, the American Dream Team versus the Enforcers. You had some good matches on the card. I mean, uh, Demolition, they were hot at the time. They were tagging with the champion Hogan and Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, versus Ted DiBiase, Zeus, and the Powers of Pain. Very hot at that time. Every feud, you know, that was the the feuds back then. And that's why sometimes I get upset when I look at Survivor Series, and I don't see it the way it used to be. Now, you know? I'm curious, like, as, as you're talking about Survivor Series, I mean, do you miss that? Like, would you like to see... They, they've added one, but would you like to see, you know, this year's Survivor Series, or, you oh. know, to be all Survivor Series-type matches? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, of course I would. I, you know, I just I missed it. I love, I love it. I love it, uh, Ken. Any, anything, anything Survivor Series traditional. I, I like tradition. You know, I like, I, like, um, I like everything. Just like I like cream in my coffee in the morning, I like tradition. You know, tradition is important to me. Survivor Series, right now I'm watching Survivor Series 1993 as we speak. You know, because it's important. I do a Survivor Series marathon every year. I get to watch all my Survivor Series. I actually went to two Survivor Series in my lifetime. I went to 96 with The Rock. I was there, and I went to uh, the 2002 um, the Chamber match, which was great, because that was the first time I got to see The Chamber. So is that yeah, your Survivor Series your favorite pay-per-view? Uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania is my favorite pay-per-view. Because WrestleMania, WrestleMania was my favorite pay-per-view because when I was a kid, that was the first thing that I got to see. I got to watch all the WrestleManias, and I remember seeing Mr. T, and I, I mean, I was in awe of that. I, I actually watched that on tape. The first pay-per-view I ever got was WrestleMania three, but, you know, Hogan and Andre was, was just colossal, you know. Even the Survivor Series, you know, Survivor Series, is going, it's, this is its 27th year, and I believe Survivor Series is the second pay-per-view. WrestleMania, Survivor Series, um, I think it's, what, the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam? Something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure, Dave, do you, know, do you know the order, Dave? I know uh, Survivor Series is definitely the second. I don't know how the other ones. Yeah, because I think in 88, Survivor, oh, sorry, Survivor Series is second, then 88 would be the Rumble, and then 88 again would be SummerSlam. Well, actually... 
the Royal the the eighty eight Royal Rumble wasn't on pay per view. It was actually on the USA Network as a right. Television. I remember that one. So that wasn't a pay per view. So it would be WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, then the Royal Rumble. Right. So there you go. So there you have it. There you, that's a good one. All right. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan won the first one that was only 20 men. Ho! Yeah, yeah now, see, now it's your turn to give a whole. I gave a whole last week. <laughs> I think that, you know, I'll tell you, man, you know, as we're sitting here and we're talking about this, it does yes. shine the spotlight as far as how uneventful the setup has been for this year's Survivor Series. We're actually... We're like strolling down memory lane here. We're just kind of saying, oh, what about this? So I, we're talking about Survivor Series, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And we'd rather be talking about that than, than what's, what's coming up right now. And that's... Well, that's, that's good. You could. But can you, you, you want to you ask me about it? I'm ready to give you my answer. I'm looking forward to Survivor Series. I want to see... The Big Show versus Randy Orton. I want to see what John Cena can do with Alberto Del Rio. You know, Alberto Del Rio is a talented, talented heel. And John Cena is a talented, talented babyface. And I want to see what's going to happen. And also I'm dying to see about the Survivor Series uh, match that they just announced. I'm excited about that stuff. I mean, don't you want to see, right, don't you want to see the Big Show Versus Randy Orton. I, I I can't say that I'm overly looking forward to that match. I mean, I'm curious. It's I, I just I don't know. It, it's it, it's not this pay per view right now. The card is not grabbing me. I mean, obviously, I'm a wrestling fan. I'll, I'll watch it. I'm gonna watch it. But uh, right now, the card's not grabbing me. The only match that's kind of grabbing me right now is the traditional Survivor Series uh, match. I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to go. But, Mike, thanks a lot for the call. Always a, a fun stroll through your mind when you give us a buzz. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely love calling you guys and giving you my knowledge on wrestling because that's what I do. I love wrestling. Any, any, anytime we do wrestling, this Saturday night is a UWA Elite's Last Breath, and I tell you, the guys over there are going to be <laughs> – there's going to be a lot of people left breathing over there. But I will definitely talk to you next week. I can't wait. It's going to be a, a blast, I think. We'll see. Thanks. Hey, I wonder if the Divas are going to wrestle. Uh, they'll now probably the have Divas. something. Maybe that's what they'll set up tonight. Beat, beat somebody with a drumstick or something. I want to see that. I want to see a turkey or something. I was hoping to see Triple H beat Big Show with the turkey stick this year, but a drumstick, but I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah. I will talk to you guys next week, and as always, have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right, thanks. And Mike, a guy who's on the indie scene a lot, so be sure to head over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We're taking our votes for the year-end awards. We're uh, starting off with the nomination process, so if you have any, the first award is Indie Promotion of the Year, so you got an indie promotion, you want to see win that award, get over to the Facebook right now, nominate your favorite indie promotion, and we'll see who walks away with it. But we're going to pick the top three vote-getters, and those guys are going to be up for Indie Promotion of the Year. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And, you know, I mean, Mike says he's looking forward to Survivor Series. I'm, I'm not that excited. It's interesting, Dave, because, you know, maybe the past decade or so, and there have been stretches where, 
it seemed like that the roster was a little thin. Um, you weren't having those those stars being built as much. It was very John Cena heavy for a chunk of time. But if there was ever a time, and we've talked about it, this has been a good year for the WWE. Uh, we've seen some young talent coming into play. Uh, you know, the roster is a little more complete. Uh, there's there's a, you know pictures surrounding different title belts. If there was ever a year in, in the modern era, if you will, to do a, an entire pay-per-view where you could have done traditional Survivor Series matches for the entire pay-per-view, I think 2013 would have been a good year to kind of go back to that format. They're not, but I, I kind of would like to see it. It would definitely set itself apart from other pay-per-views. It would be something unique and interesting, but... Um, I don't know, Dave. I mean, do you think they have the roster to to do a traditional Survivor Series pay-per-view top to bottom? Um, I I think they're almost there. I mean, you can't – in today's day and age in wrestling, you can't have a pay-per-view without having a championship match on the card, Um, you know, because that's that's the big – you know, that's the big deal at the end of the whole show is is the title match. If you did one, two title matches and maybe – four of those traditional five-on-five Survivor Series elimination matches, you give four of those matches a good amount of time, and you give the two championship matches, and there's some importance there. Um, With the roster that they have now, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are left off this card. Um, You know, we only have four matches, but the only thing that's intriguing about this traditional Survivor Series match is the fact that there's a mystery partner with the Rhodes brothers and the Usos. And there's a lot of names you could throw into the mix as to who could be involved in this match. And there's a lot of opportunities for whoever this guy, if if you're promoting a mystery partner and they don't do that often anymore. When I was younger, when it, when, when you promoted a mystery partner or a mystery opponent or a mystery special guest referee, that made you want to tune into the pay-per-view. So part of me hopes that the old school wrestling fan in me sees that this mystery partner is a big deal and it's a big name. But the other part of me knows that I don't think they have a big enough name to fill that gap. And I think it's just going to be somebody that's on the roster that they want to do something with. I mean, there's been talk that they want to turn Ryback into a good guy again. Uh, Biggie Langston's been getting a push lately. Maybe he'll be the mystery partner. Um, Mark Henry's supposed to be making a return any time now with a new look. Maybe Mark Henry will be the mystery guy. Um, Christian's been out of action. And the last time we saw Christian, the Shield beat him up. So maybe Christian will be the mystery partner. There's rumors that Rey Mysterio is set to return tonight on Raw. Maybe Rey Mysterio will be the mystery partner. Maybe they will announce Mysterio on tonight's show as the guy teaming up with them. So who knows? Uh, that's the only intrigue I have in this match. I mean, the talent-wise, yeah, I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. I think I mean, there's guys, like I said, there's guys left off the card. Dolph Ziggler's not on there. Miz isn't on the card. Well, Miz can stay off the card because I really don't care about him. Kofi Kingston's not on the card. Um, Curtis Axel, who's the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, you know, there's rumors that Wade Barrett's supposed to be returning. Maybe Wade Barrett will have a spot. There's a lot of guys on the show that they could set stuff up with. I mean, they have what? Main event? SmackDown, Raw, Superstars, Saturday Morning Slam. They got all these shows. What, what if they did? Here's a concept. What if they took 10 guys from the NXT developmental territory and put them in a traditional 
professional Survivor Series match, and you can showcase the young talent that you could potentially see in the future of the WWE in a five-on-five Survivor Series match. That would be awesome. Book it. I mean, also, I would love this. And I like the way you put the card together. I mean, a couple championship matches and then the rest, uh, you know, Survivor Series type matches. I mean, you could open the show with, like, the NXT, you know, call it the, the Future Stars Survivors match or, or something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I would love to see something like that. And even now, I mean, looking at the setup and we're talking about it, and we're kind of poo-pooing a lot on the on the pay-per-view. Um but even that, like, if, if the setup wasn't good, I, I would at least be excited for the traditional type Survivor Series matches. Um, right now, you know, unless Raw and SmackDown really knock it out of the park, and again, Sunday night we get back to our Raw pre Raw. We're doing Raw pregame. We get our, our pay-per-view pregame on Sunday, so we'll be going on for two hours right before uh, Survivor Series this Sunday from 6 to 8 o'clock. Um, but it's it's been a real lackluster build, and, and if unless we get something huge tonight on Raw and SmackDown, uh, you know it's it's a tough sell, and, and I'm you know I'm curious. I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know what what's going on here. Uh, I've been surprised at the lackluster build to this. I mean, even certain pay per views that have not been the best pay per views, the the build at least is decent. Um, I don't know, man. Like you know, they're going to throw together a lot of matches, I guess, th- this week. Uh, it's just something that um, I'm I'm not excited about. And and getting into you know, and Tony brought it up. The go home Raw show uh, beforehand is is a country theme. Um, I I mean, what are we going to see at it tonight on Monday Night Raw, Dave? I don't know. I mean, when they sit, when I watched it last week and they did that commercial, and by the way, I just looked it up. The band that is per, supposed to be performing tonight is a popular country group. They're called Florida Georgia Line. I could care less, but that's what they're called for those out there that are listening that care about country music. Anyhow, when I saw the commercial, and I was like, what are they doing? And I'm like... Are we going to get, like, a, a guest appearance by, like, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and is he going to sing With My Baby Tonight? Like, I mean, or is this just, like, a three-hour show about, like, WWE cracking jokes on the, the, the Southern organization known as TNA? I mean, I don't know. When I see a country raw theme, I'm hoping for, like, a, a, like a, like a, a bull rope match or – I don't care about it. like uh, the go home show on Raw is going to be a country theme. There better be something interesting that's going to build towards Survivor Series. And but what's the relationship behind it? That's the thing. The only reason I see them doing this, I, I mean, the timing may be off, but the only reason why I see them doing something like this is because country music has kind of come into the mainstream. It's not one of those kind of genres of music where it's like pushed off to the side and only a certain amount of people listen. You hear country music now on pop radio stations and top 40 stations now. So I think they're trying to capitalize on popularity. This Florida Georgia Line group is pretty popular, so maybe they're hoping that their audience, their fans, will gravitate over towards WWE. I don't know. I honestly don't know what the what the theory behind this theme of Raw is. I mean, Tony said it earlier. We could see 3MB getting involved with these guys, but what's it going to set up? What are they doing with it? I have, uh, that's well. I guess we'll have to find out. 
Um, as far as the card goes for Survivor Series, like tonight, like we're, I think we're going to see a few matches kind of get thrown together. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something with, with Ryback and Curtis Axel, so, uh, considering what took place last week on SmackDown. Um, some form of a Divas match. Maybe they'll do a Divas elimination match, a Divas Survivor Series match. Who knows? Maybe they'll just throw a bunch of guys together and say, here, we're going to do a traditional Survivor Series match. Have at it. I don't know, but I'm not too – I mean, I said, this, I said this a few weeks ago. I was – the Big Show's new character has kind of brought some life back into him, and I can understand him politicking to get his job back and blackmailing and – you know, anybody would want a shot to be the champion. I get that. But I think the real payoff is with him and Triple H. I would have wanted to kill the guy first that caused all this pain, then get me the guaranteed title shot later on down the line. But we're going to have to suffer through this with Randy Orton and Big Show. I think that that match and maybe even the Cena Del Rio match needs some kind of stipulation to at least get some juice to it. Maybe if they put Randy Orton and Big Show in a cage or maybe they, if they do like a last man standing between the two of them. I will say this, though. A lot of people are talking about how the, the match quality is going to suck we both said that about randy orton and big show when they had a one-on-one match at the extreme rules pay-per-view and that actually wasn't a bad match if you remember we said it on the pregame show that we were not looking forward to it and the quality of the match was going to be eh. that was actually a pretty fun match to watch if if you if do you remember talking about that ken i do and, and you know it's a good point I, I i agree with you i think you know people get a little too critical and i think that Cena has, has upped his game, and Cena's put on some, some real good matches. Del Rio is talented. Um, I, I think you're going to have entertaining matches. Uh, for me, the drawback of those two matches is I don't think there is any way that John Cena loses the title, and there's no way that Orton loses the title. And, and there's no – so without the – you know, only the one traditional Survivor Series match – the, the quote-unquote two main events, to me there's no suspense involved. It, both those champions are, are retaining their titles. I would be absolutely floored if either one of those guys lose the title on Sunday. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. I mean, from what I've heard as far as Big Show goes, after, ten, after Sunday he's got – a po- there's a possible chance we'll see him in Triple H in some kind of a gimmick match at the TLC pay-per-view. Um, and as far as Cena and Del Rio goes, I don't know what's going to happen with them afterwards, but I, I mean, the rumors are that Orton and Cena are going into WrestleMania season as champions. Uh, whether they do a unification bout or not, who knows, but from what I'm hearing, they got plans in place. Cena's going to legitimize the World Heavyweight Championship again. He's going to have a legitimate, strong run with the title going into WrestleMania next year. So I, the only thing I could see happening in the, either of these matches is some kind of screwy finish to lead to a rematch. And I don't want to see a rematch for either. Well, maybe Cena Del Rio. If they do something at TLC, maybe they put him in a ladder match or something. That'd be kind of interesting. But as far as Orton and Big Show goes, I mean, I think the match needs a stipulation now. Because you know there's going to be some involvement with, 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 with the authority in this match. So why don't you just put some sort of no disqualification stipulation in so that we can be prepared for this interference that's going to take place. Yeah, hopefully they, they do something to add some juice to it. I'm curious your thoughts right now, and if you would see 
But what your thoughts would be going forward? I mean, I'm kind of digging uh, Punk and, and Daniel Bryan together as a tag team. And we talked a lot last week about, you know, God forbid, Daniel Bryan moving to the mid-card and, and what does this mean and blah, blah, blah. And I... Again, I don't get caught up with labels. If, if I have a favorite wrestler, as long as he's on the card, I'm okay if they're the first match, the last match, in the middle. I'm not getting bent out of shape if they're being labeled a main eventer or not. Um, I kind of like seeing Sam Punk and Daniel Bryan together. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to down the road, like keeping them together for a little bit. Maybe the two of them have a run with, with the tag uh, championships uh you know, and then maybe have them blow up and, and rival each other or something happens. But I, I kind of like the idea of these two guys being a tag team, at least for the time being. Yeah, I, I kind of like it, too. We talked about it on our show, and the the rumors heading towards WrestleMania have CM Punk challenging Randy Orton for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I would personally, like we've talked about it before we even predicted it, a punk Brian WWE championship match. But there's talk of doing a unification bout. Maybe it will lead to something with the two of them at WrestleMania or on the road to WrestleMania. But I like the, excuse me, oh, I'm yawning, maybe because it's raw country tonight. But... (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm afraid I'm going to fall asleep during this. Honest to God, I really am... Yeah, to, to our country listeners, to our country music fans that watch wrestling and listen to our show, please, I, I don't, I'm not a country fan, and I, I, it's not bad music, but it's not my cup of tea, but I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm afraid I'm going to fall, they better have something friggin' awesome during this show tonight for me to stay awake, because I, I can't even stay awake right now thinking about raw country, but Punk and Brian, I'd like to see them, you know, eventually have a rift between the two of them and then set up a match about who's the best in the world between the, between the two of them, maybe set something up for WrestleMania. Who knows? Um, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, definitely. A punk play. They had some great matches on pay-per-view last year that people, the, the, the smart marks out there love the matches, but, you know, other wrestling fans, they kind of forget about them. They had a great one-on-one match at the Over the Limit pay-per-view, then they had a awesome no disqualification match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view in Phoenix uh, in July of 2012. Awesome match. So they could definitely put on some good wrestling together. And I, like I said, if they get the, the tag belts after the Wyatts and then maybe have a small little run and some dissension, then they lose the belt and they split up and you have a match, boom, at WrestleMania, I'm all for it. Would it be great if it was for the belt? Hell yeah. But I uh, I'm kind of digging the punk Brian dynamic because they've kept those guys separate for a long, long time, and and now I think they're they're building towards something between the two of them. Yeah, and I, I would like. I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I would love to see them kind of split up, but maybe they both stay faces. I mean, they could have such a moment uh, challenging each other with just the crowd, you know, cheering for both of them and and the yes chant going on. Uh, you know, those two as a tag team and then eventually blowing up, I think would be incredibly cool. So uh, who knows? It remains to be seen. But I, I would like to see Daniel Bryan and Sam Punk stay together as a tag team for a little bit. Just to, I think they work well together. Uh, you know, there's been some chemistry with them, obviously, as opponents. But there's some nice chemistry between the two of them as a tag team. Uh, I, I think it would be a, a cool run to see them 
you know, function as a tag team. And it would get, you know, if Daniel Bryan wins the tag championship with another partner, uh, it's another notch in Daniel Bryan's belt. So I think it'd be something cool. Again, the fantasy booking and, and looking at all the different permutations going forward as we come out of 2013 and enter WrestleMania season. Uh, you know, who knows where they're going to go with it. But hopefully tonight we do see some further setup, maybe something uh, exciting happening because, uh, it seems like overall, fans in general, and these two fans right here on the show, uh, not too excited about going into the Survivor Series. So hopefully, I'm really hoping that it comes time for our Sunday show, and we sit down, and we're, we're doing our pre-show meeting, and we're just sitting there saying, wow, WWE knocked this off our socks this, this week. I'm really looking forward to tonight, and we have a boatload of stuff to talk about uh, on Sunday night. So we're looking forward to a Monday Night Raw, the last Raw before Survivor Series. Um, and is it. We got about two minutes left. We got a first off. Thank you so much to the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, for being on the show. You should check him out on, on Facebook. Looking forward to his movie coming out, Behind the Ropes. And as we get updates here, as far as the progress of the movie, we'll let you know. And hopefully we'll get him on in the future to give us some more uh, stories and Tell us how the movie is going forward. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. It's that time of year. We're starting off with our end-of-the-year awards. So we're starting off with nominating uh, people and things, and then uh, we'll have three nominations in each category, and then we'll come up with a final ballot. So right now, get your nominations in. We'll be pulling the ballot soon and putting up a new one, a new, a new thing to vote for. Right now, it's Indie Promotion of the Year. That's Indie Promotion of the Year. Top three vote-getters on Facebook will get the nominations. And right now, we have some votes for HOH. Uh, BWO is in there, GSW. So get over there, Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show to get your nominations in for Indie Promotion of the Year. Great show tonight, Dave. Did you have some fun? Yeah, uh, you know, we 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 kind of covered a lot of things, but for the most part, this was a uh, between the interview with uh, Andrew Anderson and Mike Ferraro, it was a stroll down wrestling memory lane. Yeah, and that was fun. It was good talking a little Macho Man, a little Reinforcer, a little. We had Snooka in the mix, so you never know where this show is going to go. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate the support you guys continue to give us, and it is about that time. It is time for Monday Night Raw. Does Raw blow it out of the ballpark today? Do they set up a great pay-per-view on Sunday, or are we still scratching our head heading into Sunday's pay-per-view? Who knows? But be sure to check us out. Sunday night we'll be doing our pregame show, 6 to 8 p.m., KenReadyShow.com, giving you our thoughts and predictions going into Survivor Series. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. We will see you Sunday night. Take care, everybody.